0: Well, look who it is! Welcome back to the Gorporium. We've barely had time to miss you with all of the adventures we've had. Where did you find us this time? Oh, in your socks drawer. That's a new one. It's been a while, so I'd wager you don't remember our names. I'm Lily, or Bug if you're nasty. And I'm, unfortunately, still Bella. And we're just two gore who recently got stuck in a mirror maze for two months. We've done some renovations whilst
1: you've been gone. Do you like it? I made the new sign myself. And I
0: added to the window display. You did? Yeah, you didn't notice the flea circus of dead fleas? (laughs) I didn't. It looks beautiful. Thank you. You're not the only one with taste, you know. Ah. Oh, uh, sounds like popcorn's done. Smells like going to the cinema. I can't remember the last time we went to the pictures. Probably around the time people still called them pictures. I bet you haven't been to them in a while either. Well, let us bring the cinema to you. Pull up a seat,
1: grab a handful of popcorn, and let's dive into From Beyond, a sci-fi horror movie from 1986 directed by Stuart Gordon.
0: A movie we chose this week as a nod to our first ever movie deep dive at the Gorporium, reanimator also directed by stuart gordon i hope you like spoilers and sucking on eyeballs you do
1: (laughs) i'm loving your attitude
0: now let's begin So, it's been a couple of months, so let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to. Bella, what have you been up to?
1: I have been awake for 24 hours. That's very recent. (laughs) Recent history. (laughs) And I'm currently dressed like um, my favourite film as a child was Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, and I also occasionally like The Company of Other Women. (laughs) Um, Wait, (laughs) I kind of lost your train of thought then? That's okay, me too. I just said I'm dressed like I would say that my favourite film is Spirit Starling of the Cimarron. Okay, what does that look like? Well, to describe for the people who can't see, which is all of you because we're just voices in the ephemera, um, I'm wearing (laughs) like a farmer green Quarter zip jumper that's way too big for me, mm-hmm. way, way oversized denim dungarees, a hand knitted mm-hmm. hat with matching fingerless gloves, and really, really grown out hair. And I was wearing Crocs to go to the shops, and I was just like, "This is someone I love who it. I love all actively of that um, used to that be look. a horse girl." Yeah, I was just <laughs> I was just letting you know the vibes for the day, you know.
0: I love it. My vibes are that I'm, well, I've just dyed my mohawk hot pink, so that's fun. That's very fun. I'm wearing pyjama pants. Good. I got my mug that says hot stuff on it, and I, it matches my mohawk, so that's my vibe. Very good. See, I feel like you're somewhat more put together than I am, because I'm currently drinking an energy drink at <laughs> too early. A clock. i also have all of my skincare on because i've i've gotten on the the ordinary and the retinol hype oh of god things. it can not be me and i have a perfect manicure at the moment so actually i do feel quite put together i took a
1: shower for the first time in about four days today and for me that's an achievement and so Good for you i'm, I'm feeling more put together than usual well, there we go. Small victory. Of like a baseline of stink, I've kind of gotten like <laughs> one up. Baseline of stink. <laughs> oh yeah, I literally oh I've been in my bed for so many days that when I went outside the Gulporium earlier to buy said energy drinks, I felt like I'd forgotten how to walk, and I just <laughs> and I was also just talking to myself as I was walking because I forgot that that's not a normal thing to do. And then I also got yelled at by the corner shop man because (laughs) I didn't understand their one-way system and it really stressed me (laughs) out. no. (laughs) But now I have a light that has a rat on it, so
0: it's all good. Again, small victories. It swings
1: and roundabouts.
0: Yeah. I went to the shops the other day for the first time. Well, this is actually the first time leaving the Gorporium in like three weeks. Wonderful. Other than to walk the gremlins. And I also forgot how to walk, and I was sort of walking around Aldi with like, I sort of was holding my arms sort of in this little T Rex pose, oh, in the, the vampire like pose. <laughs> yeah, I like, don't know genuinely
1: what you mean. walking
0: around with my wrists very high up,
1: <laughs> wrists very
0: limp, very high up, gay vampire style. As if I could look more queer. Lots of people oh. looking at me like, what? Is it?
1: <laughs> What's going on? Is this a per- is this a person? Is it a T-Rex? Is it Jeff Goldblum? Is it? Is it, I don't know, several mice in a human suit. It's hard to say sometimes. <laughs> it's hard to say. It could be anyone, could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> indescribable force of nature. <laughs> Talking about being an indescribable force of nature, bug. Mhm let's let's
0: normalize some pronouns baby yeah so my pronouns have changed since we've been previously doing this (laughs) i now go by they them exclusively
1: ah very good very good
0: thank you for normalizing pronouns no lady words plays i am non-binary no words some men words are fun some men words which <laughs> men which men words i like would be appropriate <laughs> sir and gentleman so words that are also just going to be really used for me in a joking sort of manner yeah yeah, because I just think it's
1: funny. Like I call like unless someone has expressly told me not to call them sir. Yeah. Like I just call everyone sir or Mister because I just think it's yeah. funny. <laughs> Oi Mister. Oi Mister, you me dad. That <laughs> like, I go into a bit of an Oliver moment,
0: and that's good. Yeah, I I vibe with that. Um, lad, mate, lad, boy, yeah. any sort. Fine. Of, those ones are fun. I don't like the sort of woman alternatives to those. Okay, that's I think that's more than understandable. Bab and Babes is an exception though, because I saw. for me personally I see those a bit more neutrally. Yeah, well that's fine. It's all up to personal
1: preference.
0: Yeah, so that's basically it. I also I don't fully go by the name Bug as Bug is just a nickname, but I do enjoy it. So uh call I think me it's Bug a good name
1: you do have six
0: legs. Yes. I do. And two antenna. Yeah, they're very helpful appendages, actually. And, you know, I <laughs> I enjoy Beatles. I would like to be covered in beetles <laughs> almost all times. <laughs> just the truth. I enjoy Beatles. <laughs> I do. I enjoy the Beatles. <laughs> Twist and Shout
1: yeah. is I a like, good
0: song. I also <laughs> Twist and Shout is a good song, and so is it Hard just Days is. Night. Nights. Um, A Hard Day's Night fucking slaps I'm I'm a Beatles apologist on occasion. Oh my god, absolutely. Unfortunately. I also like Beatles the car. So I really like the full range of them. Oh, it's all coming round. It's a circle. (laughs) Circling back to pronouns. uh, Your pronouns are still the same. Yeah, um, I go by she, her pronouns. And you identify as cis sis yeah Yeah. that's totally fine all right have you been up too much else started knitting as did
1: i because i wanted to copy you yeah um we do things together because we used to be conjoined
0: (laughs) exactly you know this
1: so i started knitting and then lily was like i want to knit too and so now we knit together yes with one one hand each
0: (laughs) Yeah, we want it to be a group project.
1: (laughs) We sit sit in our get-along shirt.
0: We have one (laughs) arm each. Yeah. What have you been up to? Well, I've been trying to work on my book a bit more. Book. Which is, I'll announce that a little bit now. It's going to be called Ancestral Mm. Teeth. And it is a horror book book like a ghost story mainly but it is also a queer romance story so um Ooh. more details about that to come but it's quite exciting i'm
1: enjoying I it i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but i read the first chapter and it fucking
0: bangs mate <laughs> you're definitely allowed to say that that's okay a, that's, good. that's an acceptable
1: <laughs> i mean, I mean can you no imagine if i was like, can i say this and then i was just like it's fucking shit." <laughs> That would be really unkind of me.
0: That would also be quite funny, though. I'm not
1: going to It would to be lie. quite funny, but it's not shit. Like, I'm not even... I can't I can not not tell the truth. It's very, very good.
0: And I'm very excited to read the rest of it. Thank you for the book praise. But You're yeah, welcome. it should be coming out sort of at the end of this year. Hopefully. Fingers Look crossed. Look forwards to it. I don't know and whose voice that was. <laughs> I've uh, started making some jewellery. So I'm Lovely. going to be making an Etsy store where you can get pronoun earrings uh, and flag earrings and gemstone jewellery and all kinds of good, properly handmade stuff that's not going to be resold for some sort of exorbitant fee. Hopefully. So, uh, I'm Etsy very excited for that. <laughs> to wear my
1: pronoun earrings and continue yes. the normalisation of pronouns in the wider world. Indeed, indeed. It's important. It's important.
0: You should do it. All right. I think we should move on. <laughs> God, yeah, probably. All right. Um, Any film recommendations? I've got a couple. I'll reel through them really quick, but I'll let you go first. I've got one
1: recommendation, which is not okay. new by any means, and it's not even a fucking film. So, All right. <laughs> I started playing Silent Hill 2. The original, the first game for PC of the Silent Fuck Hill. yeah. I didn't saga. know you were doing that. That's my favourite video game. Me and my friend Victor started playing it and we got very, very, very scared. We were a little bit <laughs> not.
0: Wonky. Quite
1: right in the head. Yeah, exactly. Wonky, I suppose, is probably the best term for it. <laughs> there's these, there's the um, straight jacket monsters that hide under cars in the sort of beginning part of the game and they come out and they go so fucking fast and they like scuttle
0: like nobody's business. And it's so genuinely terrifying. That game scared the shit out of me. For some reason I played it when I was like 13 and (laughs) I like stomached it really well. And just like, I just sat alone in my bedroom like at night at 13 in the dark. I think I'm going to do that later. Just, whipping through silent hill 2 and then i tried to replay it in later life and was like scared shitless for some reason <laughs> and i've also been trying to play be playing the resident evil 2 remake oh god it is so scary every time i play it i get so sweaty that i like maybe i'll play that the next controller. oh you should it's so fun oh i tell you another game that i'm
1: excited for i haven't started playing yet but i bought it the other day i will let you guys know next week how it's going i bought little nightmares 2 because the first little nightmares game is fucking incredible i finished it all in one day because i was borrowing my friend's game so i had to finish it like there and then so i did it all in one day i had a sick day off college just played all of little nightmares absolutely banged art design spectacular very excited for the new one i will update you guys
0: all right, let me um, reel right. through my movie recommendations really quick. Real fast, let's go. The Vigil, 2019 by Keith Thomas. It is a supernatural horror movie about a man who has left the Orthodox Jewish community in New York. And then he has to go, he kind of gets pulled back in a little bit because he has to watch over a dead body at night as part of like a death ritual. Like a, you know, a funeral Uh, preparation sort of thing. You have to watch the body. It sounds really interesting. I thought it was great. I thought it was really spooky. Um, Mm -hmm. I heard some people have problems with sound mixing but what i watched was oh, perfect sound mixing so i don't know uh that's not a criticism i hear very often no it was like the biggest criticism i saw on letterbox that was extremely well, loud and i did I think, not find I mean, if that's that the, it was like if that that's at the all biggest criticism of a movie is that the sound
1: mixing is a bit fucked then like that is a good movie if yeah that's the i main criticism
0: i really liked it Brain Dead we rewatched recently Always. from 1992 by Peter Jackson before he rose to Lord of the Rings fame and it is basically the goriest movie of all time absolutely adore it one of my all time favorites Spontaneous 2020 directed by <laughs> oh no. Brian Duffield that me and Bella both absolutely balled out i mean like proper heaving (laughs) like wrecked sobs we watched it with
1: becky the night manager and our friend jenny who's um like a you know like a satyr goat person just comes to hang out sometimes um yeah they were both just like they were not phased they were not upset me and fucking was <laughs> sobbing i actually got to a point in that movie where i was like i don't like it i don't like it i don't like it like i was i was so upset <laughs> like it just devastated through and through like just to the point that i had just had like a black hole <laughs> in my heart for like the next 24 hours so take that as you will i think it's going to be one of those films that's kind of hit or miss And you might be the kind of person that it really hits at if you're anything like me and Lily. Yeah,
0: aka, like, extremely anxious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very anxious, very sad. Profoundly sad inside.
0: Um, Wrong turn 2021, which is sort of a re not even a remake, but a reimagining of the original Wrong Turn from 2003, directed by Mike P. Nelson. We all had a lot of fun with that one. I thought that it was really good, had great, like, actual practical effects. Honestly, probably my second favorite Wrong Turn movie after Wrong Turn 2. And finally, Intruder from 1989, directed by Scott Spiegel. Um, which is just a fun little slasher that is set in a supermarket that we had a lot of fun with. I think it's incredibly really underrated, and it's oh uh, me too. Fu- it funnily enough stars both Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, and Bruce Campbell. So if you like the Evil Dead movies, uh, check it out. <laughs> this is one for you. No, that- I thought it was really really fun.
1: I really enjoyed Intruder. All right, Jesus Christ, let's get on with the flipping movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's uh, quickly do the tagline and poster. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read the taglines to you and you give me Please. your honest reaction. Okay. Humans are such easy prey. Oh, you know what? I actually do quite like
1: that tagline. They're not fucking around. It is said in the movie... It is said in the movie that was funny. I enjoy they also say the name of the movie in the movie which is one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> yes. I, have I think to that say. it's sort
0: of a weird
1: tagline. Like I don't it's not I really about really like hunting sense. humans. Like
0: it doesn't really no. go with what it's about. I think it's a good tagline but for a different movie. Absolutely. I feel the same. Um let me give you the second one. Everything is alive and hungry. That's oh. like a worse tagline to me, but it fits what the movie is about better. It fits better. the
1: plot of the movie better, but I don't think it has nearly the same sort of like a sharpness to it that the first one does. No. Everything is alive and hungry. It's not very like, I memorable. so. No.
0: I, I will remember humans are such easy prey, but yeah. yeah. Okay, um, poster. As the artiste, give me your... <laughs> brief description and your opinion on the picture. Okay.
1: Um, it looks to be, I mean, it's a classic 80s hand-painted, like, airbrush moment with half of our main antagonist's face normal and then it kind of, I don't know, going all sinewy and slipping away into the void. I mean, it's nicely rendered, it's nicely painted, I wouldn't say it's that memorable. The colours are a weird choice. It's very kind of grey, which is strange because a lot the movie is very, very pink and like
0: green and pink and and purple, green green and blue. Yeah, I wish that the colour palette was different. I think it's well done. I don't dislike it. But yeah, you're right. No. Using a lot of brown and grey in your poster is just... I think it can be done
1: right. I mean, I've seen posters... This one's not popping
0: to me, though. Yeah.
1: I've seen posters that just use very neutral colours. And it works really well. I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. I don't know, maybe Sinister. That's a very memorable poster. Yeah, yep. That's just grey and black and white. But yeah, this doesn't hit quite right i wish they'd used the, the color scheme from hitting. the film which has a really good lighting and color scheme and this just does not cut it for me making pink making bubblegum looking
0: yeah i think something else <laughs> <laughs> just something, yeah something, something else, else. <sighs> all right let's move into the meat every journey begins in the mind A flight of imagination. A vision of what might lie across the universe or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey.
1: It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Some things
0: coming. From the makers of Reanimator, from beyond... Alright, welcome to The meet where we break down the synopsis of the film and give you some details about that. Right, so From Beyond is a horror sci-fi movie from 1986 directed by Stuart Gordon of Reanimator fame, and like Reanimator, it was also adapted from a H.B. Lovecraft story. The adapted screenplay was by Dennis Paoli and was produced by Brian Yuzna, both of whom repeatedly worked with Stuart Gordon on movies such as Dolls and Castle Freak, and I really hope I pronounce their names right. From Beyond made over $1 million in box office and received mostly positive reviews from critics. Even horror hater Roger Ebert didn't completely despise it, giving it 2.5 stars and praising Stuart Gordon as a horror director who really tries.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Seems out of character
0: for Mr. Ebert. Yeah, he he was sort of hit or miss, Hmm. but he generally hated horror. He did. So... Character breakdown, uh, before we begin, I'll list the main characters and the actors who play them, so you can put some faces to names. So we have Jeffrey Coombs as Dr. Crawford Tillinghast. We have Barbara Crampton as Dr. Catherine McMichaels. We have Ted Sorrel as Dr. Edward Pretorius. We have Ken Forey as Bubba Brownlee. We have Carolyn Purdy Gordon as Dr. Block. And we have Bunny Summers as Neighbor Lady. I'm changing things up a little bit for our comeback. So, this time we're going to try something a little bit new just for the start of the synopsis oh section. Gosh. We're going to try and do a one minute summary. Oh
1: no? What of the whole film? So,
0: yep. Yeah, oh. So, for those of you who don't care about listening to the entire synopsis and you're really just here for other nonsense, oh me and Bella will ask each other to do a timed mini summary
1: okay so also Bella,
0: would you like to go first i
1: would i just wanted to say there is a content warning for this movie that i would say is probably quite a large <laughs> a large content warning for mentions and sort of depictions of sexual assault and, of course, um, yeah. body
0: horror as well. As usual, we will really skim over sexual assault or description of any sexual assault that happens in the movie, but we will probably be discussing yeah. its portrayal in the movie rather than going into the graphic yeah. detail of but the scenes. It
1: goes, it's a warning for if you want to watch the film, if you want to hear us talk about it, there will be mentions of sexual assault. So just be careful. Absolutely
0: all right one minute summary all right i'm getting my are you timing me me? okay that's fine i am (laughs) oh no okay all right are you ready (laughs) i think i think three two one
1: go okay so There is a man and he turns on a funny orb and then there's some eels that come out of this orb that are pink and they bite him in the face we don't know why or what they are he goes to talk to his boss and he's like dude this funny orb works your plan worked and the the his boss goes upstairs and turns on the orb again to see what he's talking about um and then he gets he his head gets eaten by something cool this 30 seconds Fuck. left oh my god there's so much left oh my god um okay so the man goes to the mental hospital and then they're like he's crazy and then like this woman's like no no he's not um i'm gonna prove that he's right and then they they go back to the house and then they turn on the funny orb and then she is like oh my god you're right and they all get really horny um and then the man who died first comes back but he's all slimy um and really horny. And then they turn it off again. Two, one, And then, one, oh, stop. fuck it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to do me? Do you want to... Do you trust me to time myself? No, I will time you. Just
1: let me. Okay. Just let me do that. That did not go well for me. <laughs> that was
0: a great summary. <laughs> Good job. It was... I got about halfway through the movie. You spent way too long just on the first scene. I kind scene. of forgot how
1: long a minute was. <laughs> all right you ready yep three two one
0: go okay so dr crawford telling works for an evil bdsm obsessed madman together they make a machine called the resonator it makes your pineal gland huge basically the whole movie is about that your pineal gland gets big you can suddenly see fucking everything there's monsters all around us uh evil doctor gets his head bit off then he goes into the from beyond world and becomes an antagonist then the whole movie is about crawford proving that he didn't murder this man along with sexy uh dr catherine and uh and bubba and they basically have to fight off this big sludge monster man who has gone mad with power and wants to bring them into the from beyond world as well and obviously uh, I actually don't want to give away the end because I want to talk about that. You in the got synopsis, ten seconds but, um, left. You did that real fast. You did a fuck. good <laughs> job. You did
1: a much better job than I did. Uh, <laughs> okay, three, two, yeah, and there's other sciency things. Stop. Bam. Oh shit! There goes my actual alarm. You can <laughs> that just to prove that I timed you. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, Woohoo! I think you that was did pretty good. much
1: better than I did. I've watched this movie twice within like twenty four hours. That was a shocking summary from <laughs> me, but you did a very good job.
0: Um, I don't know how useful that is. I mean, to people who've already seen it, you can now just really skip the story.:: Oh, yeah, if you'd like to. Um, it's up you to know, you. If you'd like to, but it's going to be a fun yeah, time. As always. So uh, let's get into it. Well, as Bella just said, we open on Dr. Crawford Tillinghast, assistant to the famous physicist Dr. Edward Pretorius, and owner of a very soft looking cashmere jumper that I personally would like to own. He turns on a machine that he's been tinkering with. It lights up the room in a pink glow and what appears to be an eel comes into view. (laughs) Uh, It's swimming through the air as if it's water and it gives Crawford a real nasty bite on the cheek. He turns the machine off, the creature vanishes, and he goes downstairs to tell Dr. Pretorius that the resonator has finally worked. The research has not been in vain. Unfortunately, Dr. Pretorius is immediately corrupted by the power of the machine and turns into a supervillain, like, instantaneously saying that he wants to see more than any man has ever seen, and he ominously adds that something's coming. I've never seen a man so quickly corrupted by power. He, he literally I mean, stares look, at that machine for, like, five he was seconds. I mean, I think he was already, already evil. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't yeah. have
1: been corrupted by anything. He was on, like, a fucking thin... He was on thin <laughs> ice. Yeah.
0: But watching, I was like, damn. That was quick. That quick was turn quick. Around. <laughs> that was quick.
1: At the home across the street from the Pretorius' spooky house, a neighbour lady has called the cops on the noisy science nonsense, being like, they've blown the bloody windows out again, they've got funny lights. She's not happy. Admittedly, the windows exploding would probably cross a line for any neighbour, really. I would be pissed off too. Yeah, like,
0: I'm a reasonable neighbour. I don't care about babies crying, dogs barking, mowing your grass, doing housework blah 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 blah. your windows exploding it's a bit much might be a step too far it's a bit much so
1: she calls the police then she hangs up and manages to accidentally fling her dog bunny out of the window which is a fun detail because bunny is the name of the actress who plays the neighbor lady Bunny then takes off towards the Pretorius home, slipping through the gate, forcing the neighbor lady to chase after her and enter the house through the open front doors. As she finally gains on Bunny, an axe comes through the door in front of her, and Crawford emerges from behind it and pushes past the neighbor lady, seemingly running away. This bit made me absolutely lose my mind because you'd think he'd try to help the old woman, but he just fucking literally shoves her aside. He's like, "I'm out, move, bitch, get out
0: the way, I'm
1: leaving, (laughs) move, I'm gay, literally." He's seemingly running away from something. He's apprehended by the cops um, as he runs through the gates and the neighbour lady stops and realises she left Bunny the dog inside. (gasps) Kill alert. Kill number one. First kill of this new season. First kill of the new season. We cut to Bunny the dog in the attic where the resonator resides and she's chomping and licking and eating away at the headless corpse of Dr. Edward Pretorius. Uh-oh, what happened here? Did Crawford chop his head off with an axe or did his head explode from the machine? We don't know. Either way, Crawford is going to look very suspicious, especially because he was running away and he ran literally into the arms of a policeman. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm sure listeners who haven't seen this movie are very glad that we did not say Buddy was death number one. Nope, it is the evil Pretorius. And very interestingly, his head is nowhere to be found and there's no blood. So it is a pretty suspicious death. We now meet our second protagonist, Dr. Catherine McMichaels, who is a psychiatrist who enjoys beige power suits. She is visiting a psychiatric hospital to relay her expertise on Crawford's supposed schizophrenia. When Catherine meets Crawford, he says the intention of the work he did with Dr. Pretorius was to stimulate the pineal gland with resonant vibrations, as Dr. Pretorius believed the pineal gland to be a sixth sense. Catherine says that that's not a new theory and that Descartes, who was a French philosopher regarded as the father of modern philosophy, believed it was a third eye. Crawford claims that it is no longer just a theory, it's a fact, as technically their experiment was successful. But he had to destroy the machine with an axe because it's so dangerous. He reiterates his need to destroy the machine by mysteriously saying, because it came. What came was supposedly a creature that bit off Dr. Pretorius' head like a gingerbread man. I just want to
1: say... That Jeffrey Combs, or Jeffrey Coombs, I don't know how to say his surname, I think
0: it's... Coombs,
1: I don't know. Maybe i I think it's... He is a sexy man, this is a note I made. Indeed is. Sexy man, all one word. Also, uh, just nice to see someone with crooked bottom teeth. Crooked bottom teeth solidarity, <laughs> I respect it. I also have very crooked bottom teeth because I never wore my retainer. Respect to you, <laughs> sir literally straight top teeth crooked bottom Love it. teeth. big gang. fan big fan
0: <laughs> he literally starts off this movie as like a 10 and it, goes so so and it goes so wrong for him downhill <laughs> i'm
1: so sorry for him he's not as sexy as he is in reanimator because you know how i feel about a mad scientist but yeah i, mean, I agree i think of a he mad is scientist in this
0: but the glasses really yeah, work for him true. in reanimator i think reanimator is the one i think so but yeah uh, barbara crampton gets to stay hot all through this movie. she does not get the same like downhill treatment he goes (laughs) real downhill real
1: fast okay the head doctor at the psychiatric hospital um dr block has him subdued before he can say much more and initially rails against Catherine's demand for him to have a cat scan He eventually does, and they find that his pineal gland has become huge, which is odd because it's impossible for the pineal gland to actually grow. Um, The detective in charge of Crawford's case allows Catherine to take him into her custody in order for her to recreate the experiment and potentially prove his innocence. They are also granted a police escort to keep Catherine safe and Crawford from running away. His name is Sergeant Buford Brownlee, also known as Bubba, and, as he states, he used to play pro football. I just... What a man. Side note, <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, he used to play pro football and he's an absolute king. <laughs> I can't, i was watching it with my friend and he just went, This man has drip. And I was like, You're fucking <laughs> goddamn, you're so right. Like the white turtleneck. Love it. Absolutely, absolutely stylish. He's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, his name's Bubba. However, he fails at his job almost immediately as after 30 seconds of the Pretorius household, Crawford has vanished like he's already failed his job as being like a police escort as they search for him <laughs> fucking crawford is a sneaky he's little bastard wily little man um as they search for him around the pretorius house they find edward pretorius's sex room which is completely filled with bdsm apparatus and videos of him engaging in bdsm acts with women yeah yeah interesting
0: crawford is once again reunited with his signature jumper after a brief attempt to destroy the machine further and then they work through the night in order to fix it like he did momentarily come out with an axe but they they calmed him down <laughs> when Catherine falls asleep at her desk crawford recounts to bubba how pretorius always used to bring women home and that the night would always end in screaming it's unclear if he means sort of consensual bdsm or something much more sinister so that's more a uh, backstory on how bad pretorius was A little while later, Crawford finishes the machine and explains that he's reworked it to be easily switched on and off with just one switch doing the job. And that when he turns it on, they have to stay absolutely still so the creature doesn't get them.
1: Um, He switches it on and they all immediately do an absolutely terrible (laughs) job of staying still. Like, that's the one rule just stay still yeah they're doing real bad they're kind of like bopping around and vibing <laughs> um and they all like get everyone just like yeah they're just kind of like, like banging their heads around and I'm just like shimmying like just, like, stay shimmying. Still.
0: Like, just <laughs> oh my god it's like trying to play um what's that statues game with little kids musical, musical chairs
1: statues? no musical chairs is the yeah, one where you all have to sit trying to sit on a chair in time are different there's music oh, involved I, th- <laughs> I will say that there is yeah, music involved. Whatever. musical statues is usually mambo number five with like toddlers yeah <laughs> maybe not mambo number five for toddlers actually <laughs> maybe not maybe that. not maybe not a bit of lou baker <laughs> um what am i saying right right so they all get headaches um, because their pineal glands are growing. Catherine and Crawford stare at each other with, as Bug has put it, enlightenment and desire. I put it as horniness. Fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, either way. Bubba just goes oh lord and third wheels but i'm pretty sure he has a boner i think is the implication later on which is really funny this whole scene is absolutely fucking hilarious to me personally <laughs> because it's so bizarre like they just all get so horny so fast and i'm like i don't know what's going on well, they're
0: all horny and they're not
1: staying still and they're just, and doing they're just a bad job just- It's just not good. It's just like a mess. Yeah. Okay, so creatures from the beyond start to appear. This time, lots of funny little jellyfish and more eels. Bubba immediately starts to walk towards them, because why not? And one bites him on the arm. Um, The windows begin to break. Good point here. When did they get repaired? That is a continuity (laughs) error. Another continuity error I noticed around this time is there is a like it's nighttime no it's daytime now and then it gets nighttime then daytime again but it's all like mixed up and they say that they like they go to sleep in the day it's very confusing there's some kind of continuity error with the daytime and
0: nighttime cycles the the daytime nighttime shift is super confusing and i don't really know what happened (laughs) the windows which have obviously been repaired break again
1: crawford feels that it is coming and moves to turn off the machine but is stopped in his tracks when he hears his own name being called dr pretorius appears and looks relatively normal and alive if a little bit slimy and he has really hairy shoulders he invites crawford (laughs) to touch him if it pleases him is the direct quote um just to prove that he's real but um, unfortunately when Crawford does touch his shoulder he's all mushy like Play-Doh and his fingers sink into his shoulder which is really gross he rips his face off and it's all green and like wormy and he jabbers on about his body not mattering and then his head starts to break down and liquid erupts from his head stump it's all really bad everyone's starting to be upset Crawford quickly turns the machine off just as another body seemingly shoots from the decaying one it's not good is straight up <laughs> very bad. Say, did you say a rump from his head stump? I don't think I said a rump. And liquid erumpts from his head stump. But it's very possible that <laughs> I, I just did. Like-
0: I like the word erumps rum a lot is a new
1: word, and I'm not even going to correct myself. I hope I said erumps. Also, I'm not
0: sure if another body shot from the like the mushy body. It just like l- there's like a one second shot. <sighs> I mean, of this like really slimy long body just shooting up into the air, and then he like turns off the machine. I was like, what was that? Like it's so quick that I. It's couldn't very tell. possible
1: that it's like a recycled shot from later in the film, where there definitely is more than one body and they because I knew hmm. they ran out of money at some point for this film so it maybe that it was a recycled shot from later god knows I don't know it felt like it was
0: intentional
1: it was just, <laughs> it was just really one brief. literally one frame <laughs>
0: yeah For some reason, uh, Catherine decides she wants to do another experiment. The other two are understandably against this. Bubba, because he feels the first experiment was enough to prove Crawford's innocence, both to his psychiatrist Catherine and the sergeant Bubba, assigned to his case, which is kind of all you need, really, like. And Crawford, because he feels as if Catherine is already addicted to the power of the resonator. Uh, She begs him and says she believes that they can cure schizophrenia with this, assuming all schizophrenics have engorged pineal glands, which is big if true. (laughs) And curing schizophrenia is personal to her because her father was institutionalized for 15 years and ultimately lobotomized. Crawford still seems reluctant and Bubba puts his foot down as the law. I would also like to make a side note that, yeah, the pineal gland makes everyone horny and uh, everyone in this just has subtle to moderate horny vibes. So as we're describing each scene that goes past, just imagine it with like a little bit more like lust to yeah. it. Like, these people are kind of like, they're having normal conversations, but they're basically like mentally grinding on each other. Yeah, just constantly. Everyone's just kind of got like a little bit
1: of a hard on. Just a little one. Yeah, just, like, a low semi- level little chub going on. <laughs> chub is the worst one. It's the worst <laughs> yeah, phrase. <I> so. <laughs> right. So, everyone goes for a nice nap. It's supposed to be nighttime, but it's just not as daytime. <laughs> I don't understand how that's That's happened. why I
0: described it as a nap because I wasn't sure it was. Have we talked about the
1: really really unimportant scene where Bubba just does some cooking and it's like mystery food that i genuinely can't make out what it is and he serves himself three times the amount of the other two and then the scene finishes and we don't even see them eat
0: <laughs> I just spit out my wine I was laughing so fast.
1: um we yeah, skipped past I've, that but i've
0: watched that twice okay i think it's like rice with like curry i have tried to find out what that but food was but where did was. he get those ingredients nobody from. I don't know. It's just... It's and then the scene ends. Food. We don't even
1: see... We don't even hear him talk about eat, Like, cooking. We hear him talk talking about being hungry. No. But then he's just cooking. The scene lasts for about five seconds, and then it's done. Like, and then we just moved on about three hours into the future. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone goes for a nice sleep, except then this was making me absolutely pissed. Poor fucking Crawford <laughs> has to sleep on the sex couch. Which i fully do not understand they're literally in a manor house that must have about 10 bedrooms why either he's chosen to sleep in the sex room on the sex couch under a leopard print sex blanket or they've made him which is really rude and disrespectful in his own house
0: yeah so i i have questions i have like okay i'm gonna reel through my two questions Go. about this real quick please I guess it's the low budget nature of this movie which is why we don't see that yeah, there's very all many that, all the bedrooms rooms. of course I guess so but is the bedroom that Catherine is sleeping up in Crawford's bedroom because it's very fancy like ladies' bedroom and it doesn't I don't seem to belong to Crawford or Pretorius. and it's just I don't know. And I couldn't even figure out where Bubba was supposed to be sleeping. I have no
1: idea. I have no idea where he was sleeping. I genuinely. I'm very confused. I It's just the fact they made him sleeping on this sex. <laughs> sex couch <laughs> is so disrespectful.
0: It only gets worse as well. <laughs> Literally. Poor Crawford. Like, why is that his new bedroom? I don't know. Like, it's did so he not have cruel. a bed? Did- Right, the implication is he was living there with Pretoria, so there must have been at least two bedrooms. What what happened to his bedroom? It's gone. Maybe they slept in a bed together. (laughs) Very confusing. Maybe
1: they had bunk beds. (laughs) Right. So, everyone's taken a sleep. Crawford's in the sex bed under a very badly airbrushed painting of a woman's sexy legs. Of course, Catherine wakes up because she's horny and sneakily turns the machine back on, the resonator. Fortunately, Crawford is attuned to the resonator and wakes up in like a sweat. And also, Bubba looks like he's coming. There's like a shot of him where it definitely looks like he's coming. (laughs) but we we put that to the side um he tells her to we we, we're unsure about that (laughs) he runs upstairs and he tells her to switch it off but she's already gone full pretorius aka mad with horny power and refuses um (laughs) crawford tries to get past her to turn it off but she gives him a very powerful smooch which he manages to resist just as dr pretorius shows up once more to cause some havoc
0: All right, so Pretorius is no longer human appearing. The left side of his body is a twisted, stretched out, melted mess. I mean, think, you know, putty sort of texture. But think Brundlefly from The Fly meets Floops Fuglies from Spy Kids meets the sort of spider creature with the human head from The Thing. That sort of vibe is what we're getting at. Catherine snaps out of it and distracts Pretorius as Crawford goes downstairs to switch off the circuit breaker because they can't get to the switch or the switch isn't working. Can't remember. I think can't get to the switch. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is at this point that Pretorius assaults Catherine before saying he wants her to kiss him and a new monstrous alien head explodes from him and starts to engulf Catherine whole. Downstairs in the basement, a large leech-like creature with rows and rows of sharp teeth that is enormous is beginning to swallow Crawford whole as well. Luckily, Bubba is not being swallowed whole by any creatures and manages to switch off the circuit breaker and both Catherine and Crawford are released from their respective monsters' mouths. Say that ten times quick. Catherine is traumatized, and Crawford is bald for some reason, and very sick. (laughs) As I guess he was beginning to get digested by the creature, but But he lost his hair in there. Hair go right. He's just like pale. He's like white now, and he's got no (laughs) hair. Yeah, he's so pure white, porcelain. But But Catherine looks
1: great. (laughs) Catherine looks great. Also, I just want to point out at this point, Bubba is in orange speedos and the basement is flooded <laughs> when he goes to save Crawford and so you do get a lot of dick and ball action.
0: Yeah, it's pretty full on. I was like, damn, I'm seeing a lot of this dude's dick. There's many interesting choices, character
1: choices they made for Bubba. Look, I love him. I've got some questions about their styling of him. <laughs> Namely, the orange are we speedo. we supposed to be... Titillated as the audience, like I don't know. I just think the movie has such a horny energy that it just that like that just had to happen. Yeah, but yeah, you can fully see. Don't get me wrong. He's he's a
0: good dude with like he's a good looking dude with kind of like a buff body and stuff. But it felt. It just felt so. F- it was just funny. It was just funny to <laughs> me. Very funny that he's wearing an or- orange an speedo. Orange like speedo. Put on some clothes, Bubba. What are you doing he running sleeping. around this house naked? He was
1: sleeping, and he, he had to get up real quick to go save the day.
0: <laughs> I also like that initially he tries to stab the leech creature with just like a kitchen knife, but yeah, it does do nothing. nothing. Don't do
1: anything at all. Right, Catherine is now. Even more hornily corrupted by the resonator, recovers very quickly from her trauma with Doctor Pretorius and wants to do more experiments with the resonator.
0: Also, I want to say that I said recovers from her trauma. Yeah, I don't mean as in she's not traumatized at all. It's almost like she's just gone into this very like blank, like yeah, dissociative. She's, she's she
1: just wants to continue on with this experiment. Addicted state. Yeah, she's no yeah. longer herself. She's become entirely. So her by emotions
0: the- aren't yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Crawford is unconscious and again, very disrespectfully put in the sex bed when he's literally like dying. He's so ill. This man is very, very sick, and they've put him back in the he sex needs dungeon to go to bed. The hospital. <laughs> it's so yeah. disrespectful. Crawford is unconscious. Bubba's like, no, we're not doing any more experiments. He tells her to get dressed and that they're leaving. Um, whilst Bubba packs the van, Catherine begins digging through Pretorius's like weird BDSM leather shit did his interests rub off on her merge with her own interests um when he was like chewing on her head i don't know he did save something about like merging into one being so she's obviously gotten some kind of like corruption from the resonator she decides to dress up in full dominatrix leather gear complete with red lipstick and letting her hair down and ditching the glasses then she sexually assaults an unconscious crawford and is grinding on top of him when Bubba walks in and it's just like what the fuck are you doing bubba will get not dressed, be bitch. seduced he's not interested he tells her to get fucking dressed and makes her like look at herself in a mirror and he's like look at yourself and she snaps
0: out of <laughs> it. this is not who you are yeah yeah so she snapped out of it yeah so I, I kind of think that that sort of sexual assault scene is Pretorius's influence on her. Yeah. But maybe that's just my interpretation of it. I don't know. But anyway, through no fault of their own, the resonator turns back on once again. As it turns out, Dr. Pretorius is now powerful enough that he can turn it on from beyond. Weird beyond bees <laughs> begin to swarm and attack... Catherine and Crawford and actually begin to like consume their flesh. These are flesh-eating evil bees. Nasty bees. Bubba keeps trying to destroy the machine as they're getting gobbled up, only for unseen forces to prevent him from doing so each time he sort of tries to take a swing. (gasps) Kill alert. Kill number two. Bubba discovers that the bugs swarm towards the light of his torch, so he shines the light away from the two. Unfortunately, the torch is knocked from his hand by invisible forces and shines upon him instead. The bugs then go for Bubba, which saves the other two, but tragically, Bubba is eaten alive down to the bone. He's still alive for quite a (laughs) long time after it happens, but perishes fairly quickly. But he is eaten down to a skeleton, ribs showing, knee bones out. in his
1: pro footballer jersey.
0: Poor no! Bubba. Bubba. I was very upset about
1: Bubba. Oh, fuck's sake. Right. Dr. Pretorius, or whatever he is now, emerges once more, um, even more disfigured into a large, long-necked, fleshy creature with a third eye on a stalk poking out of his forehead. Crawford upsets Pretorius by saying he knows nothing of pleasure as he's only ever given pain. Um, and Pretorius says he wants... Crawford to truly see and summons a third eye on a stalk from Crawford's big head. Whilst Pretorius is distracted <laughs> by his sexual protege, Catherine sprays the resonator with a fire extinguisher, which succeeds in destroying it. Just want to say this is funny. The third eye that we're truly seeing from, because we have a shot from Crawford's vision, is just like thermal. It's just like a thermal camera. Well, not thermal,
0: but like rainbow. It's very unimpressive. Like, you're if not I seeing had a anything new, eye. I would want to be able to see them. You know, them shrimps that could see all the colours? <laughs> them shrimps, yeah. Mantis shrimps.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to see, yeah, more them shrimps. All, see all the colours. All he's is. I want to see all
0: the colours. I want to be able to, like, x-ray vision. <laughs> I want all this shit. And all he can do is just see if everything just looks a bit shit, really. Yeah, it's actually hard to It kind of looks see. like um, the Take On
1: Me video, oh but in colour. I tell you what, it's just interesting. Because, yeah, he just sees everything normal, except it's just funky colours. And the only thing that's different is that things gl- glow pink if he can eat them. Which... I mean, are you an amoeba? Are we playing spore? Like, I can—I already know. It's actually—I already know what stuff I can eat. Reduced him
0: back to more basic functioning. Yeah, I would have thought so. Rather than being more advanced to me personally. I would, yeah, but, it does, okay. and it's just made him more horny. That's all it's done. All right. Back at the psychiatric hospital, both Crawford and Catherine are in the severe doctor block's custody uh the former is poked and prodded as he literally has a third eye and they're a bit confused by that and the latter is treated with electroshock therapy whilst Catherine is cruelly electrocuted crawford manages to escape his room and wanders the halls of the hospital looking for something to eat his eye emerges and leads him in the direction of something especially tasty human brains in a bucket dr block finds him and fairly very calmly asks him to stop eating the brains as they'll make him sick um he snaps out of it and is like "Ugh, what am i doing like (laughs) why is the thing even getting him to eat brains as she said they'll make you sick it's not nutritional and poor crawford is not looking so hot at this point he is covered in You know, little bleeding bandages from where the bees got him. He's got this thing coming out of his head. He's white, he's bold. It's unfortunate. And kill alert, kill number three, as Dr. Block kindly escorts him away, uh, away from the brains, much kindlier and softer than I possibly would have. I think I would have run away. His disgusting third eye takes control once more and informs him that she has yummy brains in her head. He turns on Dr. Block and rips out her eyeball with his teeth and once that out of the way he gets to sucking her brains out through Mm. the socket, which is very nasty and way more gory and graphic than I was anticipating it being. That death is like Mm. nauseating Mm. when he rips that eye out. (laughs) And just the noise,
1: the... (sniffs) It's horrible it really did make me feel very <laughs> ill at the time it's unpleasant I'm distracted by crawford being on the loose and dr Bloch's dead body i don't know how i pronounce it like that block her dead body the doctors leave catherine allowing her to escape and make her way to a van crawford watches her go and calls out to her but she leaves him in the dust <gasps> kill alert number four an ambulance then backs in and crawford shrinks back into the shadows they wheel a drunk out and one EMT turns her back on the other and when she turns back, her co-worker has vanished with the old drunk claiming, a snake came out of his head and ate him. She then sees the- <laughs> He's b- from London. Yeah, he's not in the film, but I just, I made him. <laughs> she then sees the body and asks he, if he's all right, which, no, he is not. His eyeball is hanging out and he's dead. <gasps> Killer number five crawford then emerges from the shadows and tries to attack the other emt initially sucking on her eyeball and then smashing her head three times into the concrete crawford's humanity takes back over and he's horrified by his actions naturally and steals an ambulance to
0: get away from the scene all right so this next bit has some more continuity errors or maybe plot holes i'm not exactly sure how we'd label this but anyway i'm gonna get through it Catherine arrives back at the pretorius house looking very well put together where like did she go somewhere and shower and get changed because she was just in a psychiatric hospital getting electrocuted now she's got makeup on her hair's done she's wearing different clothes she's also made a bomb in some in this time i didn't know she was a bomb maker she just knew a psychiatrist And she places it next to the machine and presses the detonator, the screen of which says it will explode in five minutes. Crawford is hot on Catherine's tail, which makes no sense as she's clearly gotten cleaned up and had time to build a bomb, whereas he went straight there from the hospital. (laughs) But fine. You know what? I'm not going to fucking question it. I caught that on the second watch and I was like, I didn't catch that either time i would like to ask well, again then, then it's not if, a deal breaker no, is it
1: um yeah we we know we don't know how she knows how to make bombs especially a bomb that has like a screen wired up to it with a countdown this is like that's complicated a fancy bomb. this is not just like a bottle bomb no it's like, like a dynamite sticks bomb with a little computer <laughs> yeah. in it very intelligent lady go her Well, don't go her, don't encourage bomb-making behaviours.
0: This isn't Fight Club. (laughs) I'm only encouraging it in this circumstance. That's true. That is very true. This machine does need to be blown up. It definitely does. And I'm just praising her intelligence. Crawford comes into the house and captures and chains Catherine up in the sex room. I'm not really sure of his motivation as to why he's doing that. He says he loves her. Sort of confused. Uh, it could maybe be sweet if his little uh, head ding-dong didn't make me so nauseous. <laughs> That's a <laughs> disgusting way to describe it. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of a little like bellend poking out of his forehead. She bites down on his head antenna as it comes out and rips it off. So he no longer has his third eye and his humanity returns
1: just unfortunately as Pretorius makes his final return. Pretorius reveals his greatest desire is to merge with Catherine to know the mind of another entirely and to become one powerful being. Crawford then delivers one of um, Bug's favourite lines in the film, which is she'll know, Edward, how pathetic you are. Which is good. I just love the delivery of
0: that. She'll know, Edward. <laughs> He's just how good. He has some you good are. lines. I just thought it was really well delivered. I was like, damn, fucking get him.
1: (laughs) Uh, He continues to belittle Pretorius in order to distract him away from Catherine. He goads him about how he's inferior, impotent, and like a eunuch, and he can't have sex, which is why he's violent to women, because he takes his frustrations at being impotent out on them. Crawford runs, and he runs in the funniest way possible, like a little squirrel, and stops at every available point like really fast (laughs) and it just makes me laugh a lot crawford runs but unfortunately pretorius easily catches him because he turns into a stop motion bat which makes it easy Mm -hmm. i have to say yeah kill alert number six everyone number six tragically absolutely fucking tragically pretorius reaches crawford and wraps his nasty little fucking insect mouth around his head twists and rips. And it is really gross. He dies the same way that Pretorius did in the beginning, beheaded by a monster and dragged out into the beyond. Which is very sad, but admittedly, he probably would not have had a very good quality of life after this point, because No, he's killed a lot of people. He's killed a, lot, killed of a lot of people. He doesn't look right no he's not right in the head anymore his pineal gland has like destroyed other parts of his like frontal lobe which i'm sure is yeah, going to he's really gone. impair a lot of his functioning he's done a lot of murder he's gonna have a lot yeah, of trauma. he's gonna be locked
0: up it's, in not, gonna be or psychiatric it's, it's not gonna be
1: good at all forever. For him.
0: not that death is necessarily better but no it's not but, you know, you know it, yeah it it wouldn't have been good. it's not good either way no. <laughs> It's not much him. of a choice. There, there was no um, happy ending no, for, for poor Crawford. I don't think so. All right, so for some reason, the Beyond Jellyfish and Eels, and whenever I say Beyond whatever, Beyond B is Beyond Jellyfish and Eels, I think of Beyond Burgers, like the <laughs> vegan burgers, mm, as if they're making like vegan jellyfish. Vegan now. Eels. Beyond Jellyfish. <laughs> I would be impressed if someone made a vegan eel. Like. I would be
1: impressed, but I wouldn't fucking touch it.
0: No, I've never had an eel. No. I don't think I'm It's not for me. To. It's not for me. I'll try it if somebody offers me it for like free. I'm not paying money at a restaurant for it. I wouldn't even do it if someone for. paid me to eat it.
1: I just wouldn't do it. <laughs>
0: Anyway, for some reason, the Beyond Jellyfish and Eels float around and they free Catherine from her chains. As she's running, she sees Crawford's headless corpse and is very upset and then runs upstairs as the house begins to flood. And there's only 30 seconds left on the countdown as Pretorius catches up with her. Then Crawford, in a shock twist, begins to emerge from inside Pretorius, destroying the monster from within. Both of the men begin to deteriorate into jelly and mush until they're just skulls on long necks, biting and ripping at each other. This gives Catherine just enough time to escape via jumping out of the attic window. When she hits the ground, her leg is totally mashed. It is bad. Neighbor lady approaches her and asks what happened. Catherine replies, it ate him, which takes us back full circle to what crawford said about pretorius at the beginning of the movie she laughs maniacally and screams as we cut to black the end the end
1: yay we done it
0: all right so the good the bad and the gory do you want to start with a good point
1: I I mean, the practical effects, just as a starting point, very impressive. Show-stopping. Show-stopping. dropping incredible. incredible. I think I read somewhere that four different special effects teams worked on this film, and it really shows the puppeteering. Incredible. Everything so cool. Like, I don't even know how they got those funky little eye stalks to be in their heads yeah. and control them whilst they're walking around. I don't know how that works. It was very
0: impressive and disgusting. Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they had over thirty people working on the special effects, Jesus. including Greg Nicotero and Mark Shostrom, who are very famous eighties, you know, practical effects artists.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Very, very so, cool. Yeah. Everything looked
0: very it's- slimy. Very it's good. amazing visually visually great even oh. though they ran out of money you can't oh, tell uh, yeah on the I, visual I was quite shocked area.
1: i was quite shocked to read that so i was like oh i didn't <laughs> i didn't even notice that they would have you know run out of money because everything looked so high production
0: yeah the performances i thought were really great i yes. mean i always love to see jeffrey coombs and uh barbara crampton in any horror movie uh, I have a lot of love for them and their acting style and screen presence. They're particularly, you know, memorable in an era of horror actors who I feel like a lot of the time phoned it in a bit. <laughs> you know, if you think about like Friday the Thirteenth and all the sort of side characters, yeah. they're not particularly memorable, but you do remember Barbara Crampton oh, and Jeffrey. Always,
1: Holmes. always, they stand like, out they, to me every single time. Absolutely
0: they uh scene stealers they're great
1: yeah just very fun just fun to watch i like the way that jeffrey combs holds his like his upper lip yes <laughs> he holds yeah. it like sort of in front of his his top teeth all the time he's like yeah sort of worrying it i don't know it's just yeah. a, i just like it <laughs> i like watching them enunciate things which is like a weird Me a weird thing to point out but i just enjoy oh, it i just like enjoy good. his performance all the time, he's a good enunciator, and he's you're right to say that big
0: horror sexy man. Yes, he is horror sexy man. All one word. <laughs> I've also got to say this is a better role for Barbara Crampton than Reanimator. Like it's a bit more empowering. Yeah. she gets more lying she gets a bit more dialogue, and she kind of gets to um, act her heart out yeah. a little bit more than I will Reanimator. Say, yeah, I
1: feel like I don't remember her nearly as much in Reanimator as no
0: in this she really stands out in this she's like kind of the main character of this and oh, she's not yeah. really the main character of reanimator no, not at all sort of debatably about this one but um yeah she really shines in this one i feel like it was a much more well-written role and also you can feel that the director Stuart gordon really loves like jeffrey coombs and barbara crampton yeah they and work actually- together very well A year ago today, Stuart Gordon died, so it's interesting that we're um, covering one of his uh, movies today, because he was pretty amazing. Yeah. Do you want to hit another good point? Yeah, I think I really
1: actually liked the very nihilistic ending, you know, because I think with a lot of horror sort of you know kind of campy movies like this because you have to admit this is quite a campy horny silly 80s movie in a lot of ways It is, but um a lot of them tend to have not necessarily a happy ending but at least quite a um i don't know vaguely positive outlook potentially positive outlook not always but um this one just felt incredibly nihilistic it's just like oh no everyone's fucking dead and now she's crazy uh, no. Yeah, well the,
0: the story ends as it began as an ouroboros yeah. of a story and because the ending wasn't happy because she ends up in exactly the same position that Crawford ended up yeah. in. Yeah. So they did so all this for nothing. She
1: it's very descends
0: into madness. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way of ending it. I mean, I don't know. I've not read the short story that it's based on by H.P. Lovecraft.
0: No. I meant to do that but... today. I know that that's it's okay. only quite loosely based, though.
1: Yeah, I think it's only seven pages long, the H.P. Lovecraft it one. Is, it's yes. very short. I don't know the ending of that, but I imagine it's pretty nihilistic, as with a lot of his stuff was. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really cool ending. I thought it worked really well. It made me upset. And, you know, I think that's good for a horror movie <laughs> in many ways.
0: Yeah, it's a really great example of a sci-fi book slash body horror movie which mm-hmm. are not always handled that well. It reminds me a lot of The Fly which I watched recently I the love uh, The Kronenberg Fly. One. It's so good And I actually slightly prefer this in some ways Oh, interesting <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate, we don't have time. That's but, um, fine, no we do not I just think that it's up there basically for me in the rankings of body horror yeah, movies Yeah, hi-
1: sci-fi kind of stuff, I agree completely
0: and the science itself, to sort of my little teeny brain, seems not that far-fetched. Like, it's realistic enough and well-explained enough to sort of make it frightening. Like, if we expand yeah. the pineal gland, then this could happen. Like, this kind of stuff, it's it's not that far afield, and I feel like they did put some thought into the science of it. Oh, absolutely. Which always makes body horror scarier i guess when you kind of can figure out in your own non-scientific mind how something might might be
1: possible yeah Uh, i mean also i've hung out with enough like hippies in my lifetime who have believed that like having fluoride in your toothpaste will rot your pineal gland That i'm familiar with the powers of the pineal gland
0: yeah i know of people are interested
1: i in know almost gland. too much i would say and so this really struck <laughs> fear into my heart i was like you know what maybe it would be for yeah. the best if we rotted our pineal glands i don't think i need this actually <laughs> i don't think i need my third eye if all it's gonna do is let me eat brains and yeah, be extra a horny yeah it's useless
0: third eye frankly i do not want it
1: yeah but it's
0: terrifying at the same time so it works another good point is i think pretorius is interesting because he's sort of almost well he's barely on screen before he turns into a monster yeah, yeah well, exactly. he's a very, he's a very fleshed out character via word of mouth and discoveries via the other characters, which yeah. I thought was an interesting way to do it. So rather than having a character on screen and him telling us everything there is to know about him you find out a lot through Crawford and just sort of exploring the house which I thought was and you can start to imagine what kind of man this yeah, guy is. Yeah as opposed to like know? just
1: having him stand around and give us some sort of long monologue or some long exposition about how he's impotent and oh, that's why he yeah. hates women and treats them badly. It's none of that like it's all just through the discovery of stuff. It's
0: an interesting reveal at the very end that he's impotent and that's yeah. basically what this whole thing has been about.
1: Yeah is it, he actually Can't have sex, and so he was so absorbed with that that he was ended up being this kind of crazy evil dude who was just so upset at the sort of unfairness of life that he had to create some kind of horrible
0: sex ray. Yeah, it's trying to make sort of a commentary about sexuality and violence of men, which I think is interesting. It's a little bit mishandled. We'll go into that in the bad points. Yeah, we'll go into that in the bad points.
1: Um, I also want to say Bubba, great character. I will also say I was about to say <laughs> all the characters are pretty good. I will say funny about Bubba though, and not I wouldn't say this is a necessarily a negative point because it didn't detract from the movie to me. It actually made it better because it was making me laugh a lot. Was that because they decided to just have three main characters, you have the two love interests. So final boy, final girl, kind of a vibe, and then Bubba was just kind of filling in everything else. Like he was like, he was He's like every you other know, character, the cool detective cop, and he was also but he was also the, the comic. paternal figure. Yeah, he was also the paternal yeah. figure, and he was also like the kind of weird, like titillating, sexy man role, and you know all of this like. He was just doing every trope at once because they just they just decided Absolutely, to only yeah. have three characters and I just think that was really funny. I yes. really liked Bubba because he had so much going on.
0: Um, he well, just made quite me lashed out and stuff. Yeah, too. Like I feel like we knew a lot about Bubba. Yeah,
1: I miss him. I wish we'd gotten more of him. He, I s- he kind of died in quite. Um, I would say, an underwhelming point in the film. Yes. I wasn't expecting him yeah, to die at Yeah, it was sort of an point.
0: underwhelming death, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, it was a good death scene, but I almost felt like it should have been for someone else. Like, there should it have should been have a been bigger later, team of people. Or,
1: yeah, I don't know. Something, yeah, something was not quite right about it. But I did really like him. I thought he was. An Id- I think all three of the main characters are quite interesting
0: and very sort of I enigmatic do and think so go too. through different
1: arcs and stuff that are quite
0: interesting. Yeah. I don't think that the characters are bland at all or shallow or anything like that. Yeah. I also think all the actors have good chemistry, uh, especially between Jeffrey and Barbara, which is one of the better aspects of sort of the sexual desire themes. Yeah. I did quite believe that they wanted each other oh yeah there's a,
1: there's a certain bit where they have like a kiss i think at some point and it gave me like slight butterflies where it's like <laughs> yes
0: oh <laughs> yeah i kind of wanted them to end up happily ever after yeah, together but it just doesn't work out is, like
1: that which is but that's good that's which is another good won. point
0: of mine was it's actually quite a touching if odd love story in the oh, end yeah. because he sacrifices himself in multiple ways for her yeah. kind of thing and he, it's kind of love at first sight for him and then he kind of grows on her yeah and i definitely feel like he loved her more but
1: you know but there's it's there's interesting
0: yeah interesting dynamics there for sure i did before you know maybe about halfway through the movie was sort of trying to predict how it ends because i do that when i watch movies <laughs> thought that there might be an outcome where they destroy the machine and Dr. Pretorius and they end up somehow happily ever after being scientists. Unfortunately no. It's no it's not that simple. But I'm I'm glad it's not a cheesy happy ending. But yeah. at the same time I think I liked the characters enough that I would have been happy with that as well.
1: Yeah, which is you know that's that's a very good sign either way. It
0: feels empathetically written.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I de- I genuinely liked the characters I felt very bad for them when they were going through all of this horrible stuff.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Good. Okay. I have a couple little extra good points. Like, yeah. only just like two. Go. I thought it was an interesting twist on the classic haunted house because although the house looks sort of classically haunted with yeah, old oil paintings, wing, black and white yeah. marble floors, sort of cobwebby shenanigans, the ghosts are generate like ghosts uh, in sort of quotations yeah. are generated by a monstrous scientific invention they're not actually which is fun ghosts.
1: I love I love a science I love a, ghost. I'm a, yeah, and I love a that science ghost my big fan of the creatures
0: are um sea creatures and fish. I think they really so that cool. That was a bit fun, really. Yeah. It's, again, a different take on the whole thing. I'm not quite sure why they were fish, but no, I'm but I vibing liked with it. it. I
1: think it was an interesting, yeah, an interesting kind of diversion from the usual ghosts that you might see or the usual sort of otherworldly creatures yes. where maybe it's usually sort of humanoids or whatever, because I guess we would usually consider them to be scarier when it's like a humanoid. Yeah. But I actually really liked the funky eels and like the horrible little jellyfish with mouths like i thought that was really cool
0: yeah and this is neither a compliment nor a critique but the last third of the movie is actually my favorite yeah yeah i think i would agree with you i think it was well paced i think it was a really good ending and it just built up in a really good way and i liked all of it but i just thought that the last third was particularly well done really yeah. and it's all, all the ideas just seem to come together in a really satisfying way yeah in the last third i agree okay um do you have any more good uh no i think we kind of covered it all just through all right. chatting.
1: so i'm happy to go on to things that we left we liked a bit less
0: yeah let's get into the bad
1: yeah i guess i'm gonna build on the points that you've got down here a little bit but i do agree yeah with the fact that I wish the main two characters got a little bit more depth or a little bit more backstory.
0: I think especially Crawford for me Yeah, like, why was he working for Pretorius? I wanted a little bit more about Crawford's history, personally. Like, we
1: got to find out that Bubba used to play pro
0: football. That's all I needed, Um, and
1: I was already in love with him. I needed some more from Crawford. Yeah, we know Catherine's written books and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and she has kind of a... reputation for like being a controversial psychiatrist or whatever which is you know an interesting character point yeah i just wish yeah. crawford had gotten a bit more of that
0: i think the only mention we get is that she says oh you were on track to great things <laughs> at like your university yeah So i guess maybe he was sort of interning with yeah Pretorius i suppose so for like college credit because supposedly he's young enough in this to be getting his you know masters or something, yeah, something like that yeah so I guess that's it. But we don't really know anything about his family or anything like that. And we get like this whole sort of sexual desire thing with her where she's clearly a bit, well, she's supposed to be a bit repressed. Like she's a bit dowdy or whatever. Yeah, she yeah. kinda let's loose, but it's not really her. And she goes back to sort of dressing as she used to. But we don't get that. We don't get anything sexual for Crawford. He's probably the least sexual character in the movie. Yeah, he's just kind of chilling. Yeah, he he quite likes her, but. It's his whole thing is never really about desire. Like, what does Crawford desire other yeah. than brains? Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. I wanted to maybe a little bit more about him, I guess. Yeah, like what is it like? Cause,
1: cause this ray, basically, um, the vibrations of the resonator—that's what if that's what it's called—basically yeah. picks on kind of like your deepest and maybe most dark desires, and so it made Pretorius into this power-hungry abuser, and it made Catherine kind of want to you know experiment, experiment and, find and kind out everything of everything about science yeah, and, yeah Um and it made her again quite power hungry but in a different way but we didn't really get yeah. to see what it did to Bubba and um Crawford
0: hugely like what is it that they desired that I think it was really interesting that it didn't really corrupt Crawford, very much. No. I mean, obviously, it did at the end by the time that the third eye comes out of him, but that's just because his brains have gone to mush. Uh, yeah. But like well, before he's that, he was still very capable of turning on and off the switch and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. did he just not desire things that deeply? I don't know. I maybe not. I would like to dive deeper into that. I would like to see what he does desire or I would like more like explanation as to why he doesn't desire Yeah, anything. maybe he doesn't desire anything and that's an interesting character
1: point as well, but it just felt like it wasn't thought about. It wasn't that they specifically were like, he doesn't yeah, desire just, anything as a character point. They were just like, he does it, it it just didn't. It, it wasn't just, a thing.
0: Yeah, we're, we're glossing over that.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, right. You, you, you go ahead. Okay. So
0: I feel like the sexual assault scene, specifically the one where Barbara Crampton is assaulted, because I'll get into both a little yes. bit. They feel very differently handled to me. Her sexual assault felt exploitative. Her breasts were revealed... Yeah. It felt like it was a titty shot. It was and a little bit, a, yeah, sexualized. It wasn't in- intended to be like that. It felt gross. It felt yeah. uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable and it felt purposeless yeah. sort of thing. And it didn't even really tie into BDSM or anything like that. It just felt. Igh. Yeah. And it whilst, just felt you know, yucky. Pretorius is a bad person. It's just we had enough of an implication about him yeah
1: i think you know they could have done they could have you know showed or told us or whatever like how he felt about Catherine that he wanted to corrupt her without actually having her be assaulted on screen in such an exploitative and long shot
0: yeah i also don't like the sort of that it was maybe like curiosity killed the cat. Like, she was so desperate to do another experiment and ended up getting assaulted, it felt a bit like a punishment for her. Yeah. I I don't... Again, this is sort of my interpretation. Whether the intention was different to that or not, I don't know. know, But it's... Yeah, it's my interpretation as a viewer. And it really soured me quite a lot and it was pretty much the most dour point of the movie Yeah. now her assault of Crawford was also weird but I guess it made a little bit more sense because she'd been corrupted by the machine and she was starting to act out her like deep desires and was like powerless to her desires I guess and Pretorius had rubbed off on her but it still felt like gross and unnecessary yeah it did not it didn't need to be there we would have gotten the i think that's it about both yeah that's a bit about both of the sexual assault scenes is that they just needed to be implied they didn't need to be graphic they didn't really need to be in there at all like i know that this movie is trying to handle the uh, sort of topic of how power and sexual abuse sort of are going hand in hand. You know, people who are corrupted by power tend to lord that power over each other and that sexual assault and sexual abuse and rape is sort of uh, not about desire necessarily even. It's It's just about about lording power. Yeah. So I kind of get the way they were doing it, but it wasn't very well handled and it just didn't really feel like the movie- to try and no. handle this topic in no it didn't because it it's, didn't. So the rest of it's so silly camp and silly yeah i i appreciate that they were trying to be push boundaries and all this kind of stuff i just don't think it was the movie for it i don't think it was well enough executed to be pulled off and ultimately yeah. i just felt like it was at like barbara crampton's expense yeah, I think so too. Um, and similarly, I still feel like Barbara Crampton was kind of exploited in her BDSM get up scene. I mean, she did look great. We'll not lie, she did. But of it course, was basically but... just like if a woman is sexy, it's okay for her to do a rape.
1: Yeah, which is not a message that should ever be put out into the ether.
0: No. And again they may have not intended it like that. Maybe they no, meant um, it to be a lot have... depthier than yeah. I'm thinking of it. But to me it seems a bit surface level, like look how hot Barbara Crampton is in yeah, this movie. About about unconsensual sex and it just feels like mm. I don't know. But anyway, that's my opinions on that. Um, and that's really my main bad point.
1: Yeah, honestly, because the rest of the movie is so fun and I really enjoyed it. That is the only thing that really soured it for me.
0: Yeah, like I have like two other little bad points and they're really nothing. So one is just, I don't know how I feel about her motivations being bottled down to just being about curing schizophrenia because it felt kind of like weak. Yeah. Like, just plot wise. It, like,
1: it just felt a bit shoved in there. Like the exposition yeah, of like her dad, dad was, yeah. You
0: know what it reminded me of is in Gremlins, where she finally reveals why oh she God. fucking hates, hates Christmas. Christmas. It's because her dad got stuck in a chimney when he was dressing oh, up as Santa God. Claus and, and like, like rotted in the chimney. And you're, you're like, like, interesting. Jesus Christ, you're like, that's an interesting my backstory bit. It just feels a bit heavy-handed yeah, and her we whole need dad that bit in there. Yeah, well, she's a psychiatrist. She should be interested in schizophrenia anyway. I don't think she needs the lobotomized dad backstory particularly. And I don't even feel like her main interest should be curing schizophrenia. It should just be like, this is the greatest scientific discovery the world has ever seen. It would be natural for her to be interested in it without all the trauma background. anyone would be interested in it, especially a psychiatrist. And uh, I've got another point of it just feeling a little bit weak in spots. I mean, obviously we talked about some uh continuity error <laughs> holy kind of stuff yeah and whilst i feel like it was successful at being small and i feel like it was well paced at you know being set just at two sets the house and the hospital i guess i was hoping for it to grow and become grander like at some point it's a little bit Repetitive and formulaic of like, don't turn on the machine, and then, and then someone they turns turn on, on the machine, the monster, and, then monster, and then they turn and off and they the turn machine, off and again. then they turn on the machine, and it just, and it's all just set in like, and there's, we don't even explore the house very much. There's like, again, there's the sex room, there's the attic, there's the kitchen, then there's a the basement, and then there's like one other bedroom, and then there's like a brief hospital scene kind of thing. So I guess maybe it feels a bit small, but I think that's a budget problem. More than anything else, yeah, I think so. I think it was filmed on but, a pretty, pretty small come on, budget, people. pretty small sound stage. Set dressing does exist at the same <laughs> time. You could maybe make it feel a little bit bigger because this felt at times a little bit small. Yeah, but yeah, this is really nitpicking, to be honest. This I still enjoyed it a lot. I didn't feel like it felt too small. I don't feel like it never had. You know. uh Impact or whatever. It just, at times, I felt like, mm, okay. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> no, I agree with you. It did feel a little bit formulaic. I think, I think, yeah, and it's, it being uh, in the house, it became a bit repetitive. That might, to some degree, be a symptom of working from source text that is like very short. It's like seven pages too. long and trying to extend that into. You know, a feature-length film.
0: Although I think you probably
1: will end up making it quite Reanimator
0: fully, like. was also H.P. Lovecraft's short story, and mm. Reanimator doesn't feel small. But That's I do very think true. maybe they got fucked on budget for this. Maybe. Yes.
1: Well, there is always that. It is. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, let's move on to the gory. Unless you have any more bad points. Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. Well, what was your favourite kill? Ooh, it's a good
1: question. I think. I mean, I did really... I mean, although it felt almost misplaced uh, pacing-wise, I did like Bubba's death because I just thought it was, like... It just made me laugh, like, the way that his, like, still clearly very alive head was, like, (laughs) there. And then he had, like, no intestines. Like, he should have already been dead and he was still just, like, there, chilling. It's my second favourite death. Um, I think it was an interesting choice to use, like, killer bees... eat him alive i think the effects are really impressive it looked really fucking gross yeah i thought it was good i mean yeah so misplaced sort of plot wise i feel like it should have happened later or maybe in a more dramatic kind of way because it just kind of felt like he walked upstairs and was like oh shit they're covered in bees now i'm covered in bees and then he died (laughs) and i was like oh oh, man Um, dang it uh but yeah, I think it was still it's still very impressive and I did like it a lot. Fair enough.
0: Um, my favourite kill was Crawford ripping out Dr. Block's eyeballs and uh, sucking out her brains. Yeah, he did do a little slurp. That's one for the books for me because it was so graphic and the special effects, was, the practical effects were so well done and it was so disgusting was and gross. so visceral and quite unexpected. I did not expect her to pull out her eyeball at all and I was like, "No, nope. what the fuck? I was like, damn. I just thought it was great and it was quite sad as well to see this quite lovely character and probably the nicer character in the movie yeah, be so corrupted by body horror that yeah. he turns to this. So I thought that was good.
1: Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Shall we move on to our next segment? I think we should. I'm very excited. It's my favorite segment.
0: Alright, it's Bella's favorite segment. Yes. It is. Ask the public. <laughs> <laughs> oh <that> Vibrato. <clears throat> for those of you who are listening for the first time i choose a handful of demented amazon or imdb reviews uh this one lied a lot more on imdb than i usually do because i could not find very many amazon reviews um and i read them to bella bella's never read them before <laughs> um and oh yeah. wait lily now
1: hang on all right now hang on before we get into this before we start all
0: this oh i tell you what God. mate i just think i've seen a ghost <laughs> um my ghost looks like well he's in the corner of the gorporium room over by um the sort of adult section he's not actually through the beaded curtain he's sort of loitering out front of it he looks like a big drop of water like kind of squiggling around totally see-through with just sort of a thin veil of skin i guess keeping all the liquid inside but he looks like a gelatinous water drop or like a you know when you see water splashes and slow motion kind of thing that's what he looks like oh that's cool does he have legs no he's just floating no he's not even floating he's sort of he's on the floor like a beanbag and he's got tiny Uh, little stubby arms oh i see and very long pinky fingers but no other fingers (laughs) coke nail (laughs) yeah he's got coke nails and okay I respect He's, that for him. He doesn't really have a face, but every time the the watery blobby thing jiggles, sometimes you sort of see an indent of, like, a little mouth hole and little, like, eye socket. So, like, three little holes, like a bowling ball. Oh. Kind of shimmery appears sometimes.
1: That's very nice. Does he have a name? Um, so...
0: Wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay okay i'm rocking i'm um, rocking with so wedgie he likes to eat wife fronts and you can see a couple of pairs of underwear right now floating around in him Uh, floating inside his i hope uh, none of them are yours
1: who knows i don't wear wife fronts
0: i occasionally do
1: so um, well then they're yours probably they're not mine they could be the landlords oh god i don't think he wears pants does he (laughs) He wears, like, one pair of boxers that's, like, 40 Ew. years old. Well, now they're gone because they're inside that fucking ghost. So <laughs> now he's nude, which makes things much worse.
0: Look, he's waving with his pinky nails. Oh, that's... Hi. Hello. Hello there. He's a lovely lad. He seems really. lovely. He seems absolutely lovely. He's not a bad guy. A true gent. He, he likes to follow you around. Like, if you'll go to the bathroom... He'll follow you in there and just kind of slip under the door because he wants to steal your underwear. I mean, I'd rather underwear. he wouldn't. <laughs> he can't see you, though. He just wants to eat your underwear. Don't worry too much about I mean,
1: him. I, okay, <laughs> I'll try not to. It doesn't sound like... He doesn't
0: sound... Like someone I shouldn't worry about. If <laughs> no, you know he's what I sweet. mean. The the okay. the pinkies are just for picking up undies and everything around else I, about him look, is just. I don't know that I want him guy. to steal my underwear. They're expensive. <laughs> he just, What's he doing with them? You just have to put a towel by the, the crack under the bathroom door and to then he stop- can't get yeah. in. He's not like that okay. liquidous.
1: Okay. Good to know. Thank you for that information. You're welcome. Good. Good
0: ghost. Good ghost spotting. <laughs> Alright, let's of get you. Um, back to Ask, Ask the Public. public. <clears throat> Alright, let's go. Let's go, let's hit it. Less Than a bee Movie by Lord Reese. If you're really bored, oh. then watch it. If you're homesick, okay. find something really funny like some old Peter Sellers in brackets Pink Panther movies and watch them. Now that's entertainment. How this very movie interesting notion is comparable to Pink Panther Peter Sellers movies is interesting. And I also like if you're bored, watch this one. If you're sick, find something else. Don't watch this.
1: <laughs> that is very interesting. I mean, I rewatched the Peter Sellers Pink Panther movie. The Pink Panther returns i don't fucking know which one it was and i was very very disappointed at the lack of the animated pink panther yeah i understand (laughs) that he that peter Sellers is the detective that's always after the pink panther but there's not enough of the pink panther in the movie i was like i don't fucking care about this old detective (laughs) bitch give me the funny pink cat yeah i i um, i understand this. i mean it was fun but there's definitely some there's definitely some uh you know
0: criticisms to be made about those <laughs> movies i would say um yeah. it's just interesting that well, this man's uh mind went immediately to from from beyond clearly he was he, clearly he was homesick <laughs> yeah,
1: and it, it wasn't doing it for him. He had a sick day, and it, it was—he it was like, "It's pink." To be fair, they've been showing Pink Panther a lot on the TV recently. So if this is a recent review, then that's probably why. I don't think any of the reviews are particularly recent. <laughs> they all from 1986, <laughs> when IMDb was
0: invented. Yeah, before the internet.
1: Is actually there was is a hard a hardcover book of IMDb.
0: you <laughs> would you'd write in your review would and send
1: it in the post. And then they would reprint it and send it back out to everyone. And it was a real pain in the ass (laughs) for everyone involved.
0: All right. Three stars by Toad from Mario Kart, obviously. Sure. Yes. Be sure you want what you order. (laughs) Okay. So this was not for them. (laughs) Be sure you want it before you order it. Just, yeah. I Love It by Christopher. I am fan Jeffrey Coombs. He is brilliant at horror film as science man, like Reanimator. It film is bit strange, but brilliant film. Oh, Christopher, a man
1: after my own heart. I am also I am fan of Jeffrey Combs. He is brilliant at horror film as science man. I could as not agree more, man. frankly. Um, I love a science man. and i love you christopher thank you for your input i really value it deeply thank you christopher
0: thank you christopher he loves it classic horror and very weird by rob kinky sex and brain sucking what's not to like that's rob zombie (laughs) yeah okay the next one's my favorite sometimes a cigar is just a cigar by eyeball but sometimes it's a penis Oh, is that the whole review? <laughs> yeah, sometimes a cigar, so- is just a cigar, as the title, and then
1: and then sometimes it's a penis. Sometimes it's a penis.
0: <laughs> very
1: interesting. Okay, I'm not sure that I can agree because I don't know what he means. But sure,
0: <laughs> I think cool. he means like the sexual connotations. I guess. All right. This is a very scary movie by Jacob. This is a okay. very scary movie. It has great acting. It also has a great storyline. It is one of the scariest movies I have ever seen. If it does not oh. scary you, no movie will. This is scarier than The Shinning. <laughs>
1: did he spell it, The
0: Shining? He did.
1: Or did he just... <laughs> Do you want to get sued? <laughs> amazing he thinks this movie's scarier than the than the shinning the fact he thinks it's the scariest movie of all time
0: claim this movie is in no way scary so i think that's a very (laughs) funny take that this is i don't even think this movie is designed to be scary
1: no i don't think so it's like a comedy horror
0: like like reanimated which is again supposed to be like quivering in your fucking no by no means no
1: something about it really
0: struck a chord with jacob yeah he didn't like it he's very scared scarier than the shinning scarier than the shinning he clearly did not want to get sued whilst writing this review (laughs) gotta be careful gotta be careful all right this is my final review and this is a cracker right right they are childproof locks doc ha 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 I stew. <laughs> okay. Well, what do I say about such a beautiful film? For one thing, we only get to see Jeffrey Coombs healthy for about two minutes, and the other thing, not enough boobs. <laughs> well, they show the ugly guys Wait. quite a bit, <laughs> but that is not what I want to see. And then when the black guy dives down the stairs and is barely there, undies, i could do without that besides those bad parts there are plenty of good ones to even it out not scary but interesting and funny trust me another great film run to your local video outlet and get this classic i'm wow there's a lot of contradiction happening Within one sentence, even. My favourite bit, by far, is just, like, the downside. is like, well, they show the ugly guys for quite a bit, but that is not what I want to (laughs) see. That is not what I want to see. There's not enough boobs. Men are wild. This is a hilarious review. Local video outlet? What year is this man living in? 1986. This review is from 2018, so... I oh, don't know. Like,
1: where is he getting this from? Uh, to a local video. Outlet. Blockbuster shut down like ten years ago, man. Literally. Get with the times, please. <laughs> Wherever he's living, that's where I want to be. <laughs> Me Wherever <too. laughs> there's a blockbuster, like still, like on the corner, that's what I want. <laughs> I miss a good blockbuster.
0: All right. Shall we move on to some trivia? I would love to okay so trivia trivia I'm gonna hit you with a piece uh barbara crampton sold the leather dominatrix outfit she wore in this film at a yard sale i wonder what man owns this <laughs> do you think
1: it's the man that wrote that last review potentially it's got to be s- it's gotta i just be want bad, i want right? to know deeply who owns that on a similar note i just opened twitter a second ago um and i saw someone on reddit this is not really a similar note but it's just about men being weird and this man said on reddit that he has a chronic sinus infection that's going to require surgery from sniffing used nylon tights from women that he bought over the internet and now he needs brain surgery from sniffing sniffing feet socks from ladies and now he has a fungal brain infection oh my god that's what you get for being too horny that's what you get so be careful and this links right back to some dude who probably owns that leather dominatrix outfit and has not washed it since 1986. <laughs> so just be just be on the lookout for, for <laughs> these kinds of men. You know what they're up to. Weird shit. Alright, hit me with a piece of trivia. Talking about Barbara Crampton, apparently she said that her son got really mad at her because she didn't tell him that she got naked in this movie and then all of his friends watched it when he was like a teenager and like came back to him like haha we saw your mum's boobs in this movie and he was so embarrassed that she was like fine we'll sit down and watch all of my movies so you know like which ones up yeah, yeah, you know what's going on, and your friends can't make fun of you anymore for having a mum that has her boobs out in the horror movies. Yeah. Not that I think that's a reasonable thing to make fun of someone for, but teenage boys will do that.
0: I also don't think I'd want to watch a movie with my mum's boobs in it. No, see, that's what I thought as well. I thought it I would was... just want my mum to be like you know, it's okay for a woman to be naked and don't let them get to you kind of thing rather than be yeah, like, Yeah, well, but I wouldn't want to watch it all. No. At all. No. No. But, you know, everyone's go, got different parenting techniques. Who I am I guess? to judge? It just made me laugh. It just made me laugh that his friends,
1: like, this is like obviously years later.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: You know, 20 years later or whatever. His friends being like, haha, we watched a movie and your mum's boobs were
0: in it. just
1: ridiculous you
0: never think about that do you Like when you haven't had kids yet I was just thinking does Willem Dafoe have children?
1: I'm sure he does do you think they're haunted by the internet legend
0: that Willem Dafoe has like a 13 inch penis? I am absolutely sure that they would not be able to be on twitter with like the amount of times they see that I'm sure they wouldn't this is not an internet like urban legend this is true His dick is so big that the director, that Lars von Trier had to get a body double in in Antichrist for the penis chopping off scene because he thought thought his
1: penis was, quote, astoundingly large or like oddly too large that it would be distracting to the audience. Yeah, like so
0: the audience would just be like thinking, God, that dude is hung rather than being like, (laughs) this is a horrible, like, violent scene. Horrible, violent scene in Antichrist by Lars von Trier. And you know what? Lars von Trier is right, because I've seen Antichrist, and if suddenly, like, a 12-inch dick came on the screen, I would be very distracted by that above all else. Above all else, which is, you know, that says a lot. Yeah.
1: Interesting. But I bet, yeah, they would be haunted by that information. Yep.
0: All Just right. think about that sometimes. <clears throat> Moving swiftly on, please. Stuart Gordon was interested in the possibility of making a series of Lovecraft films with all the same cast. Gordon, Coombs, and Crampton would work together on a third Lovecraft adaptation, 1995, uh, Castle Freak. And Gordon would later direct two more Lovecraft works, the film Dagon in 2001 and the second episode of the Masters of Horror television series, H.P. Lovecraft's Dreams in the Witch House in 2005. So he just was obsessed with H.P. Lovecraft. He loves H.P.
1: Lovecraft. Loves him.
0: Big fan. And um, Dr. Pretorius' character is named after Dr. Septimus Pretorius, Henry Frankenstein's former teacher who seduces Henry to the dark side. And uh, Dr. Block was named after Robert Block, the author of the novel upon which Psycho from 1960 was based and a friend of writer H.P. Lovecraft. Oh. So it's all... It's all come full circle. All tying
1: together. I don't really... I don't know that I have much more trivia other than I think... There was there was only one gore scene that was cut, which was yes. a scene in which Doctor Pretorius hammers a nail through an unwilling female's tongue, and that was cut out. I think it's probably um, for the best. Which is interesting. Apparently, that's pretty much the only cut. The one we watched was the unrated version, which is yes, available the uncut, in the UK. Unrated version. And apparently, Stuart Gordon managed to like get away with pretty much everything. He didn't cut any full scenes. He only cut tiny, tiny little tidbits. Yes. To take the sort of extremeness of the film down but he managed to get away with pretty much leaving everything in, which is interesting except for that tongue scene which
0: was one step too far I I guess so, yeah or he didn't even like it maybe in the end yeah maybe yeah who knows I have two little last tidbits Uh, the resonator sound effects were later sampled in the song Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys excellent and uh, the address of Pretorius' house is 666 Benevolent Street (laughs) I just think that's so funny and it was filmed in Italy with an Italian crew in order to save money Stuart Gordon said that the film Uh. would have cost 15 million dollars to make in the United States whereas foreign production enabled him to make it for only 2.5 million. Whew. Okay, let's get into our scores. So, Critic's um, hat. Critic's hats. What does your critic hat look like this week? Well, I actually am wearing a hat already. Oh, of course. So
1: easy um i'm wearing a very beautiful hat that my dear friend ruby knitted for me and she's the one who taught me to knit and it is very lovely and it is lots of different shades of blue and green and it has all different kinds of stitching in it um and it's very beautiful and i like it a lot and it has a pair of matching gloves with it so that's my critics hat this week because it was the hat i already had on makes it simple what's your critics hat
0: All right, so my critic's hat has two strings that tie under the chin. Good. And it's a black hat. It's made of black crochet or knit. And it has huge elf ears coming off of it. Oh, wonderful. And then it has a little sort of like hole in the top so that part of my pink mohawk can stick out the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little tuft. You could tie it in a little ponytail
1: and have it stick out the front like a unicorn.
0: Yeah. That'd be That's my critic hat. Lovely.
1: So, critic's hat on. How good is it out of ten? I give it a seven out of ten, which is, you know, good score. I think I would have given it higher. There was a couple things that detracted from it for me, just in the way that some things were handled maybe slightly insensitively that just took it down a couple points for me but generally very fun film liked it a lot
0: i also give it a seven out of ten i think that yeah there was some continuity editing plot holy yeah there's a couple plot holy
1: things that just yeah goofs that sort of thing it's just a
0: little bit yeah it's a little unpolished in areas, but I still think yeah. it's, a, it's a great time and a, it, a really fun 80s horror and a good example of body horror. So Oh, absolutely. Okay, personal preference. Despite your critical score, how much do you actually just like it on a personal level? I think mine's pretty
1: in line with my critical score. I gave it a 7 out of 10 for personal preference too, because I like it based on what I think critically it, it, its merits are, yeah. which is... It's fun, it's campy. it doesn't take yeah, itself too seriously. Fine. There's more
0: of a divide between the two. Like there's yeah. definitely some movies where I'm like, this needs a critic score of like three. But personally yeah, but I, I like it. it like an
1: eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but this I think is pretty in line just with yes. what I genuinely think is good and bad about it.
0: Yep, I gave it seven point five. Yeah, that All works. Right. Fear factor, so what are you afraid of this week?
1: I keep seeing photos on Twitter of sea spiders.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, uh, sea spiders that I think are like—they're not a crustacean. I think they're more like a sea urchin type of a thing. I'm or gonna like have to look scorpion? it up. a scorpion? Are they like a sea? No, scorpion? hang on. I'm looking it up right now. Sea spider. <laughs> not the <laughs> um,
0: gagging. Sea
1: spiders are marine arthropods. Ooh, 70 centimetres, fuck off. <laughs> Ugh, they're the worst thing ever. No, they are not crabs, they're not crustaceans, they are just their own arthropod fucking things, and they are the worst thing on Earth, and I hate them a whole bunch. <laughs> Fair enough. And people in the recommended like searches... Is a face hugger so people are saying that face huggers from alien were based design wise on sea spiders so that tells you what you need to fucking know about them but also this fear also extends very much to spider crabs like the giant japanese spider crabs absolutely fuck off absolutely fuck (laughs) off they're the worst
0: thing ever i hate them they are tasty though i don't like them that's my revenge against them one. for being horrible, is they're tasty. <laughs> well, you know, that's your prerogative. You go ahead. <laughs> um, my fear this week is possums. Because you know I have Matilda the Possum. I do like Matilda the Possum. However, yesterday, last night she got overtly friendly and tried to jump on me with her little sharp claws and then tried to get in through the front door and was scrabbling at the windows and the door. So I was like, if I open any door or window, she's going to run in. in. And I was like, new pet. And I was just like, I really want to just pop outside, but I can't like open the door. So yeah, new pet. Oh, I think she means well, but she is a wild animal, so I'm sort of like... Yeah, I think I'm not it's, sure. It's, you, I would say it's, you should have some healthy distance. Yeah, we need boundaries, Matilda. Oh, for sure. Like, if she jumped on me, I'm not sure if she'd just, like, sit there or if she's going to, like, try and claw my face off. Do you know what I mean? It feels like a real gamble. Uh, she definitely yeah. wants food from me, so maybe she is friendly, but I don't know. I don't trust her
1: fully. No, I think she may... She very well may have bad intentions it's hard to say
0: yeah so out of five um ocean crab ocean spiders how scary do you find this movie i think i gave it a two i didn't really scare
1: me at all really i only give it a two because i think that the um practical effects and parts of the like brain eating aspects were so gross that it did make me physically like curl up so that
0: gives it a 2 for me yeah I gave it a 2 as well because I thought some of the practical effects were really nasty I did find Pretorius quite scary mm-hmm. there was bits he's that quite a good antagonist make me uncomfortable or grossed out or whatever so yeah. yeah, it wasn't like a nothing in the scary realm it just isn't I don't even feel like it's designed to be scary really no no, I don't think it is it's one of those kind of fun okay. funny movies so you gave it a 16 overall Yes, I did. So that is... A thirty-two point five all up. Oh, okay. All right. So That's to tell you uh, the score breakdowns: zero to nineteen, the DVD or VHS is fed to the monster down below, who has not. He still been hasn't fed eaten yet.
1: anything. We have been picking actually pretty good shit for a I while. I know. We keep we just really, giving really him need our, an like, absolute stinker. We keep
0: giving our leftover to him. garbage, but he really loves to eat movies. So it's time for a stinker. Ugh. Uh, we need to get a real stinker in here. 20 to 29 is just placed on a dusty shelf. Anyone can come in and purchase it. It is available for you. It is not hated. It's just there. You know, yeah. It's something to have in your, your repertoire, in your library. Yeah, pad out the collection. 30 yeah. to 39 is put on display in the front window, along with uh, my dead flea circus. And then 40 to 50, we hand it over to the landlord, sort of an exchange of rent, because... He likes horror movies, but only the best of the best will please him. Yeah.
1: And if we fuck with that, he will get mad at us. So we got to be careful. Yeah. This is
0: all very integral to everyone's happiness and the ecosystem of our shop. So this one gets a 32.5. So it is on display in the front window. Would you like to do the honors? I will. Thank you very much.
1: There we go it can go right next So, what, what did we put up there last house of thousand corpses yeah yeah okay good yeah that looks good there i think that seemed that works that works well for me i'm happy with it right beautiful well i suppose that's that it's time to close up shop wind down for the day and practice some self-care what is your current go-to self-care method i let the blood of my victims roll
0: down my hands so that it looks like I've painted my nails. Ah, that's interesting. Very glamorous. I do 500 roly-polies until my spine disconnects and then I'm all floppy and then I have to crunch myself back together. That sounds real good. Now, it's time for you
1: to go home and look after yourself
0: as well. And mind the open manhole cover. Do not look in it. Keep walking. Yeah, I
1: would say getting sucked down in there is definitely not a form of self-care.
0: And we'd be terribly upset if you never came back. Or if you came back in pieces. Be safe out there. And we'll always be here, creeping around the Gorporium.
1: See you soon.
0: Before you go, I want to thank you for listening and supporting the Gorporeum. It means a whole lot to us. And of course, a huge thank you to our editor and night manager, Rebecca Gray, our executive producer and head in a jar, Brendan Hill, and our dad, Tyler Massey, for our theme song. You can find his weekly music podcast at WMSCP. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear, giving us a star rating or review is always very appreciated. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Gorporeum on Twitter. See you next time at the Gorporeum.